This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Craig Kopp, reporting that on the anniversary of the mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High, Florida Democrats are frustrated. We see little movement in the Florida legislature to protect Floridians from gun violence. House Democratic leadership calls out their Republican colleagues on meaningful gun laws. The Joseph Latipo nomination as Surgeon General is heading to the full Senate and opponents are turning up the heat. It is just so dangerous to to place on that platform someone who is much more well equipped to be a, a Twitter user and a podcaster. Democratic legislators join health care advocates to condemn the Latipo nomination and the pros and cons of 24 hour alligator hunting. But first, on the four-year anniversary of the deadly shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, House Democratic leaders called out the Republican-led legislature for not doing anything to prevent another mass shooting. The first bill Orlando Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith introduced when he got to the Capitol in 2016 was a ban on large-capacity gun magazines and military-style firearms. This was just months after the Pulse nightclub shootings in Orlando. Smith has introduced the legislation again this session, the fifth time he's tried to get it passed. Even four years uh, after the horrific shooting in Parkland that took the lives of 17 people, uh, politics over people is the reason why we can't enact more gun safety reforms and we see little movement in the Florida legislature to protect Floridians from gun violence. We have a number of provisions that have been put forward year after year from restricting assault weapons and large capacity magazines to universal criminal background checks, establishing an urban gun violence task force to identify uh, some of the solutions that can help curb everyday gun violence we're seeing in our communities and in our, in our neighborhoods, expanding red flag laws, There are so many things that can be done that the Republican legislature uh, is just not interested in. Uh, We considered it a victory this session uh, that the uh, issue of open carry or constitutional carry uh, didn't actually get to see the light of day during the legislative session. We have to be able to enact common sense gun safety reforms and not do it in a reactive way. We can't wait for the next mass shooting or the next horrific headline to take action to protect Floridians from gun violence. That's why the Democratic caucus has put forward a number of gun safety solutions. And we encourage our Republican colleagues uh, to give these bills a vote so that we can really actually take action uh, to prevent these types of tragedies from ever happening. During its weekly press conference during the legislative session, House Democrats also took aim at the state budget, asking, where is the money for affordable housing, which Tampa Representative Fentrice Driscoll says is clearly in crisis right now. In Tampa and Miami alone, rent prices have increased 40 percent over the past year. Forty percent. That's a huge increase that people, frankly, cannot afford. I know that in my district office, we get calls and emails every day about people facing evictions. Floridians don't know how they're going to afford rent. They don't know how they're going to be able to, you know, to afford a a new place to live. And people are getting turned out onto the street. So the fact that the house budget does not fund the sale program, which is what goes to multifamily housing, is very problematic. And that sets us up directly with the conflict 
with the Senate. So I can expect that you will hear lots of questions from our caucus about the affordable housing issue and just pointing out that people cannot afford to pay rent, not to mention that property insurance prices have increased as well. So the cost of living is, is so high for Floridians across the board, whether they own a home or they're trying to purchase a home or they're trying to find uh, an apartment or somewhere else uh, to rent. Representative Smith laid some of the blame for Florida's affordable housing shortage at the feet of the legislature. When we talk about the lack of inventory for affordable housing units in the state of Florida, uh, I have to remind folks that since 2001, the Florida legislature has swept out uh, around two and a half billion dollars, billion with a B, out of the affordable housing trust fund. That has led us to where we are today, where According to the Florida Housing Finance Corporation, Florida is short 344,000 affordable housing units. The reason those units don't exist is because we didn't build them. The reason we didn't build them is because billions of dollars were taken out of the Affordable Housing Trust Fund by Republicans in the legislature and repurposed uh, to other priorities not related to affordable housing. So we need to make sure that we do way more than make up for that this year uh, by making substantial investments to ship and sale uh, to make sure that everyone uh, has the opportunity uh, to make some gains on affordable housing, especially as it relates to uh, the construction of affordable housing. The Florida Association of Realtors is pushing the legislature to help a specific group during this housing crisis. Senate Bill 788, known as the Hometown Hero Housing Program, would provide home loan assistance to law enforcement officers, firefighters, educators, and health workers. Sunrise talked with the president of the Florida Realtors Association about the program, but first we asked Christina Pappas, what the heck is going on with this super hot real estate market? longer conversation, uh, Craig, but I'll talk about the Hometown uh, Hero Housing Program. And truly, Florida is facing an affordable housing crisis. Uh, you all and everyone has seen across Florida the incredible increases, and we saw a median home increase of nearly 58% since 2016. And this is in nearly every community across the state. We are seeing home prices skyrocket skyrocket, but this typically leaves our hometown heroes uh, behind and and continuing. And what we believe affordable housing, uh, hero housing program does is really uh, close that gap and allow our hometown heroes, our nurses, our EMT, our firefighters, our law enforcement, our educators, uh, the help they need, that extra little uh, push they need to get over the finish line with a 0% loan uh, and down payment and closing cost assistance. So how do you pull off that 0% loan? Do you need the legislature's <laughs> help with this? So we do, we, and, and we are grateful to actually Senator Ed Hooper for sponsoring the legislation. And we need their assistance in, in funding this one-time program. Uh, but because it's a 0% loan program, it's really a revolving program. So it's self-sustaining uh, throughout the years. Uh, once someone sells off, sells their house, they pay that, that loan back. 
and another um, hometown hero can use that money. And so we think it's actually going to be a great program moving forward uh, for other programs to be able to model after, but we need the legislation's help uh, in order to pass this and give our, our, um, our heroes the help that they need. Let's get a little more specific about who the hometown heroes are. Who are we talking about in the community that could benefit from these this program? So these are our nurses, our EMTs, our firefighters, our law enforcement, our educators, and even our um, 911 dispatch operators. Well, how would it work? So, so once the the idea behind, once it is in law, so once we get it passed into law, uh, the idea is that there will be a median uh, income threshold. So it would not, it, it, you would have to uh, apply based on your median income compared to the median income within the community in which you live. Uh, as we know, there's varying median income, so it would be variable based on the local housing authorities. And the idea here is that these people serve our communities, and we've just all been through the ringer. These people were pretty much uh, deeply involved in that, yet they can't, like many people, afford a home right now. Give them a break is what we're looking for. The idea is to continue to add to the affordable housing solutions we have in Florida. And we have many of them. And this is an additional solution for, like you said, the ones who really have been put through the ringer, uh, in your words, absolutely. The ones who build communities. The, without our local hometown heroes, or the ones we just discussed, we don't have communities to sell, to thrive. Um, we don't have uh, schools that, that for our students. We don't have you know police and, and fire. And that's what makes up a community. So it's the idea is to be able to give back to them what they have given so much to us. Talk to me a little bit about the other affordable housing programs. Do you know anything about the the other programs uh, out there? Because everybody's, I mean, and this is a laudable cause. Don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, it totally makes sense. You know, a lot of people are looking at these professions and saying, do I really want to keep doing this? Um, and this certainly keeps them in the community and, 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 and shows that they're appreciated and it gives them a reason to, to, to keep going on. So I totally get all of that. But for other struggles, What's available out there for people who may not make the grade right now, but really want to get a house? Well, Florida Realtors has been, uh, I mean, a tireless advocate for affordable housing in all realms of that. So we continue to look for additional solutions to that. Uh, We feel that the Hometown Hero Housing Program is one of those solutions. But with over 225,000 members, uh, we definitely care about all uh, affordable housing solutions. And and interestingly enough, we had close to 1,000 realtors from across the state at the Capitol last week advocating for property owners, for affordable housing solutions. Uh, There are many other programs both statewide and local, uh, that can um, offer affordable housing solutions, whether it's down payment or closing cost assistance, uh, to all um, all Floridians based on variable uh, incomes and things like that. Uh, we feel this uh, Hometown Hero program is an added benefit to what we currently have in place through many of our local um, housing authorities and our state housing authorities as well. But yes, there's additional closing cost programs and things like that all throughout our state. And it's something Florida Realtors has, has advocated for for decades. The numbers are shocking. The one that, that kills me, it's, it's, it's one thing to say that 2021 was up 18.3% over 2020. But when you go, when you look in back five years and say 81%, is it going to keep going or uh, is it going to slow down? What's your, what, what are your thoughts? You're, uh, you're in that business and uh, we're all in the business of uh, finding a place to live. What, what, what do you think? 
here's what I know is everyone, Florida is a young state and it is becoming on everybody's radar uh, more and more due to the incredible, uh, I mean, really, the we have a no property tax. I mean, no, sorry, no income tax, right? We have a balanced budget. We have beautiful water, beautiful beaches. And now with the idea that you can live virtually, uh, I believe Florida is really coming into its own and people are starting to notice it and really saying, if I have to live in a home and I have to work from my home, where do I want to live and work? And Florida has become that place. And so, you know, as, as Florida realtors, we advocate for policies that help bring businesses and and help Florida's economy thrive. Where the real estate market goes, I will tell you if I had that, um, you know, magic eight ball, I'm not sure I would be here in 2020. I would have lived it out in 2005. But I, I, I do believe we will continue to see the growth of Florida's economy. I do believe that interest rates and a lot of other factors consistently play a role in where our, our real estate market is headed. And markets are, are markets within markets. And so whenever working, you know, my I always say whenever you're considering a certain community, a certain market, you need to work with somebody who understands what um, work the workforce is within your neighborhood, what is driving the economy within your neighborhood, because it can vary across the state. Uh, we hope. That, that the real estate market continues to thrive because that means our Florida economy is thriving. And we also want to make sure, though, that, that because of that, the affordable housing options and solutions are in place. With this uh, renewed interest or you know, boosted interest in the state of Florida from people who are elsewhere right now and, and looking and saying, I'm, if I'm going to do this, let's do it in the sunshine. Uh, it sounds to me like what we need is a lot more houses. <laughs> Uh, we will take more houses as well. I, we believe that you know affordable housing has different uh, sides of solutions. This is one of the solutions that we're working towards. Uh, but we are cons- we are always advocating for additional solutions in that affordable housing, uh, whether it be um, you know additional building of houses or anything else that we can do to to, to continue to grow our great state. Christina Pampas, uh, president of the Florida Realtors Association. I really appreciate your time. Thanks. Thank you, Craig. Appreciate you having me on. The confirmation of Florida Surgeon General Joseph Latipo is headed to the full Senate. The healthcare advocacy group Protect Our Care held a news conference on Zoom to protest the Latipo confirmation and was joined by Democratic Representatives Diane Hart of Tampa and Anna Escamani of Orlando. Hart said the nomination is making Florida a laughing stock of the country because Latipo is so ill-suited to lead the state health department. Escamani said Latipo is more like a Joe Rogan than a Surgeon General. Joe Rogan's excuse is, I'm not a medical expert. You shouldn't trust me anyways on this. I don't know what Dr. Lapato's excuse is. Like, he is legitimately a doctor and a medical professional. That is his brand. That is his existence. He's not a media personality. He's not um, just an everyday advocate. Like, he is not only as a doctor on his name, but he's trying to be the state surgeon general. So this is not a space for excuses. It's not a space to say uh, people aren't entitled to their own medical information. Like there are standards that are tested, Mm -hmm. tried and true in medicine, just like in any field of science. And if you're going to have a candidate that denies that, then give them a podcast, but don't give them the position of surgeon general. Like, I just think it's so shocking that 
he's even made it this far to be considered on what is supposed to be one of the most prestigious and credible positions in any state. You know, your surgeon general is 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 the doctor of Florida. And it is just so dangerous to to place on that platform someone who is much more well equipped to be a, a Twitter user and a podcaster, which is or would already be problematic. But again, you know, we can't necessarily control those spaces, but we can control who becomes Florida's next Surgeon General. And this is just not not a pick that is in the best interest of every person. Escamani also bemoaned the introduction of legislation this session that would protect doctors from being disciplined for the opinions they express on things like social media. We are going to be hearing a medical free speech bill, which is basically the Dr. Lopato bill, because it would not allow for medical boards to hold doctors accountable if they spread misinformation and it explicitly says on the internet as well. So unless we can prove that, that, uh, you know, people have died, we can't hold any of these providers accountable for spreading disinformation. And that is unbelievable. Again, if you're going to pursue a path of surgeon general, there are just historic basic standards to meet. And he doesn't meet any of those. And now we're creating carve outs so that if he does get this position and he continues to spread disinformation, we're protecting that. It's just so counterintuitive to the to what is medicine and what is science. And we have to be aggressively in opposition to it for the sake of Florida's future. Here's some of what's happening in Florida politics today. The House will hold a floor session and take up a proposal that would prohibit doctors from performing abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. The bill is similar to a Mississippi law that's currently before the U.S. Supreme Court. The House will also consider a proposed budget for the 2022-23 fiscal year. The House Criminal Justice and Public Safety Subcommittee will take up a bill that would add to laws against animal cruelty. The House State Administration and Technology Appropriations Subcommittee will consider a proposal that would require iron and steel used in public works projects to be produced in the United States. The House Tourism, Infrastructure, and Energy Subcommittee will take up a bill that would require the Florida Public Service Commission to adopt rules for a plan aimed at adding electric vehicle charging stations. The Senate Rules Committee will consider a number of bills, including a proposal that would allow local governments to restrict smoking on beaches and in public parks. The House Justice Appropriations Subcommittee will consider a bill that includes creating a crime of indecent battery for touching people on the breasts, genitals, or buttocks against their will. And the Senate Special Order Calendar Group will set a special order calendar that will list bills to be heard on the Senate floor. It'll do that 15 minutes after the Rules Committee meeting ends. Finally, 24-hour alligator hunting. What could go wrong? The State Wildlife Commission has proposed adding seven daylight hours to the annual public alligator hunt, which usually takes place at night. Of course, hunters like the idea of not having a daily deadline to meet when they're tracking down the big one. But alligator processors have some concerns. Grayson Patrick of Central Florida Trophy Hunts told the Tampa Bay Times the combination of Florida sunshine and dead alligators could spell some trouble. His company processes about 1,200 gators a year for hides and meat. 
daytime hunting, he says, could lead to a lot of spoilage. That's it for today's edition of Sunrise. I'm Craig Kopp. Join us again tomorrow as we do another daily dive into Florida politics.